last year. Pope Francis endorses Donald Trump for president. If you did see it, I wonder if maybe it caused you to uh, raise an eyebrow. Actually, maybe both eyebrows. Uh, this is an example of what became quite common. Fake news was circulating. And I was reading a few weeks ago that the term fake news has increased in usage 365% in the last year. So much so that it was named Word of the Year for 2017. And it's become so popular now that it will in, it, it's going to be included in the next edition of the Collins Dictionary. But you know, this isn't new. This isn't new. The devil has been in the business of fake news since the very beginning of time. Right back in the Garden of Eden when he lied to Eve, the first woman. He tried to mislead her. And you know, he loves for us to be misled. He loves to deceive us. He likes to see us feeling unsettled, unsure about what's right and, and what's wrong. And I think that today one of the challenges when we're looking for the truth is that there are just so many places to look, to turn to. So we might, you know, follow people on Twitter. We might have our favorite bloggers or vloggers. Uh, we have hundreds of TV channels to turn to. And of course, there's always the blessed Google. Any question you want to ask Google, you can plumb it in and you'll get some kind of answer, won't you? Where do we look? Where do we go when we need the truth, when we need wisdom, when we need to know the way forward in our lives, maybe in our careers, in our relationships, in trying to raise our children? How do we see through what's fake? Well, the Bible says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And then later in the book of Proverbs, we read this. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than him. You see, what the writer of Proverbs knew was that it's so easy to look at ourselves and our own resources to get us through life. And the Bible says, stop looking for earthly solutions to your problems. Jesus says, he's the truth. We were singing earlier, he's the truth. He's the way. He is the life. And he wants us to hear that truth not just for ourselves, but for our families, for our friends, in fact, for everybody that we come into contact with during our lives. And, you know, it's good to know that God has all the wisdom that we need. But, you know, my natural mind cannot fathom the depths of God's wisdom. So this morning, we're continuing our series entitled Naturally Supernatural, and what we're doing is we're looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I want to help us move forward in tapping into God's wisdom, tapping into that wisdom supernaturally. Don't we all have a desperate need for that? So I'd like to pray for us all to start. Lord, we've sung it already. 
But I pray for each one of us that your Holy Spirit would be at work in our hearts this morning. That you'd come in power. And as we hear more about the gifts that you give us, Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts to receive from you. Amen. So, Andy gave us a great introduction to this topic last week, and I think this picture that he used is really, really helpful. So, spiritual gifts have been called dynamic equippings of the Christian for the church. So, I think this picture of the gifts of the spirits as a toolbox is quite helpful. God's power tools, if you want to think of them that way. And we're going to go back to um, the passage of the Bible that we looked at last week in 1 Corinthians. I'm turning to um, chapter 12 in that letter. And um, if you have a Bible, do follow along with me, but the words are already up on the screen. And we're going to dive in at verse 7. And this is Paul writing to this church in Corinth about the proper use of spiritual gifts. Now to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So this week, we're looking in particular at the knowing gifts. And they're referred to here by Paul as um, the message of wisdom, the message of knowledge, and distinguishing between spirits, which we would often refer to as um, discernment. And these knowing gifts are like the eyes of God. So last week, we looked at speaking gifts, or the mouth of God. Um, that talk is on the website, if you missed it, well worth looking up. And next week, we're going to focus on the doing gifts, or the hands of God. Now, let me be clear about this, this wisdom and this knowledge that we're talking about this morning. It is absolutely not connected to the number of GCSEs that you might have or not have. Thank goodness. So, you know, in Jesus' day, there were very educated, very clever people who were not wise. They didn't get it. They didn't understand Jesus, did they? More recently in history, going on for 100 years ago, um, when Adolf Hitler was rising to power, he was supported by some of the most brilliant scientists in Germany, some of the cleverest lawyers, some of the best educated doctors. They were clever, they were educated, but I'd suggest that they lacked wisdom. And there are clever people here today. There are clever people here today. But we need wisdom to know how to raise our kids. 
to know how to find a good, healthy relationship in life and then maintain it. So these gifts of wisdom, knowledge, discernment that we're talking about today are not related to education. They're not linked to our life experience. So the good news is that means they're open to all of us. All of us can have them. They're gifts. They're gifts. They're signs of God's grace. They come from a generous God who likes to give us good gifts. We do nothing to deserve them. But they are available when we need them, when we ask for them. So let's talk about these um, knowing gifts individually. And I'm indebted to um, somebody called Simon Ponsonby, who you may have heard or read about. Uh, Simon Ponsonby is a great um, preacher and writer, and he has a great book called God Inside Out, which if you want to look into the Holy Spirit more, is, is a good read. And I'm indebted to him for help with defining these gifts. But I agree with him that there is likely considerable overlap between them. And there's also, I think, overlap with what we were talking about last week when we spoke about the gift of prophecy. So can I ask that we don't get too hung up about that this morning? Um, I don't think it's that important how we label them. Is that okay? So let's start with wisdom. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit plumbs the depths of God's mind. And this is the wisdom that he, the Spirit, shares with us. So we see this happening in um, the New Testament stories of Jesus' life. We see the incisive way that Jesus dealt with um, tricky situations, challenging conversations. So how was he to deal with this woman that was brought before him where they said she's guilty of adultery, they're about to stone her. It's a matter of life and death. What does he say? He says, well, those of you who have no sin, you, you start the stoning. And all her accusers melt away. And he saw through time and time again all those tricks that the Pharisees tried to play on him, didn't he? So once they faced him with a real hot polit political potato, and they said, should we be paying taxes to the Romans, the occupying regime? What did he say? He says, well, oh, well, so whose head's on the coin? Oh, Caesar's. Yeah, let Caesar have what's his. Don't you wish for that sort of incisive wisdom sometimes when you're faced with a difficult conversation or a challenging question, a difficult situation? Would you like more wisdom about what God is doing in your life at the moment? We can ask for it. It's available to us. Knowledge. You know, God is speaking to us all the time, and he speaks to us through his word. So Psalm 119 says that the Bible brings understanding. It brings light. The Bible is described as a lamp for our feet. I love that. It lights the way. And we should be reading it with a daily expectation that we're going to hear God's truth as opposed to leaning on our own understanding. But, you know, sometimes something jumps off the page so we're reading the Bible and we just get a spirit-inspired insight into God's word. It's a gift of revelation. 
And I think we also get these gifts of revelation about um, another person or about a situation. And we can recognize it because it will often feel like a knife just cutting through to the heart of something. Or a key that unlocks somebody's mind or their heart, maybe to hear the gospel for the first time. Or maybe it helps people to become aware of the work of God. May I share an example with you from um, my own life? This happened about, uh, I think it was about 20 years ago. And I was at my, um, a meeting of my home group, and we had visitors that evening. And uh, they didn't know me at all. They may have been introduced to me, they knew my name, but they didn't know anything about me. And during the course of the evening, one of them um, heard from God. And they said to me, um, Kim, we believe that God is saying to you that it is your turn to go to the party. It's a bit weird. We hadn't been talking about parties. They, they didn't know what this word meant. Nobody in the room knew what it meant. But it cut me deeply into my heart. Let me tell you why. Um, I suffer from an illness called asthma. And uh, the medication these days for asthma is brilliant. And uh, this illness is very well controlled. When I was young, that wasn't the case. Um, the medication wasn't very sophisticated. And I spent a lot of time being poorly. So I missed a lot of school. I missed a lot of other things. I missed out on running around and playing games. But what I remember from my childhood um, were significant times when I missed out on parties. So November the 5th, um, in those days when you were allowed to have bonfires in your back garden, everybody had a bonfire. Everybody set off fireworks. That's not good for an asthmatic. <laughs> my dad used to go outside, bless him, and let the fireworks off in the back garden, and I used to watch through the window. Sometimes he bundled me up in the car, and we just drove around the neighborhood looking at other people's fireworks. My birthday's in August. Lots of pollen around in August. Not good. One year, my parents had planned a little party for me, and uh, it was very exciting. We'd planned games, and there were going to be little prizes for the winners of the games. And I was ill. And I can remember, I think I was about seven years old, and I was lying upstairs in bed, and I, it was too late to tell my friends, so they were downstairs <laughs> enjoying my birthday party, and I was upstairs um, struggling to breathe. And that became a theme for me. I was missing out. I wasn't able to fully participate in life. Fast forward 20 or so years, and somebody says to me, God says, it's your turn, Kim, to go to the party. I knew he loved me. I knew he cared about me. I knew that he knew me very, very well. To bother to speak into my life through this stranger, to give this stranger this word just apparently from nowhere, it, it, was, it was truly amazing. Now, I haven't now become a wild party-goer, though um, <laughs> Christmas is looking promising, actually. Um, 
But every day feels like a party because I get to participate in the fullness of life that Christ brings. I'm not missing out. You know, God gives us all opportunities through those sorts of revelations to bless other people in ways that we can barely imagine. So moving on to discernment. Discernment, this is a a gift which enables you to understand the spirit at work, maybe in a person or in a place. It can be used to weigh prophecies, as we were saying last week and to distinguish between spirits. Remember what I said about you know, the devil seeking to deceive us? We need discernment to recognize who is speaking into our lives. So you might recognize this as um, just a sort of uneasy feeling about a person or a, a situation, or maybe when you're praying for somebody, you sense that there is something that they haven't actually mentioned, but... It's the real issue that requires prayer. So sometimes people present with a physical pain in their body, but as you pray for them, you realize there's an emotional issue, um, a spiritual issue that you can pray for. So these gifts, these gifts of wisdom, knowledge, and discernment are for all of us. And what they do is primarily they make God known. They make God visible in our lives and in other people's lives. How do they do this? Well, first of all, you remember Paul said these are for the common good. They build up the church. So this is about the church being the church and using these gifts to serve one another. We all play our part, don't we, to encourage and develop the people around us. But these gifts aren't just for Sundays. And they're not just for small group meetings either. They can be part of our lives at work, at college, in the supermarket, just as we're out and about in our neighborhood. So a few weeks ago, Andy recommended a book called Everyday Supernatural by Mike Pilavachi and Andy Croft. It was a good read. And the authors say this, A life full of the everyday supernatural is life full of acts of divine power that reveal more of God's love. And I think there's a theme there this morning, isn't there? We were talking about this in the context of Love Christmas. It's an important part of our calling to make God known outside the church. And we can use these gifts to strengthen people, to encourage people, and to comfort them. And also, I think they make us more attractive. I have cancelled my expensive moisturizer since reading um, Paul's letter to Titus. In there, it says, a godly life makes us attractive. It's not just the things we say. It's not just the things we do for people. But, you know, when we lead wise lives, when we make healthy choices, people find that attractive. And they are drawn to God because of it. So how can we go about receiving these gifts? I'm just going to quickly give you three keys to this. First of all, this is, this is not a head matter. 
Maybe I have, I've increased the knowledge in your head this morning about these gifts, but this is not principally a head matter, it's a heart matter, and it is about trusting. If we're close to God, then his power is there, it's present. So we seek relationship with him, we seek to be close. Keep close, keep our eyes fixed on Christ, because it's Christ who gives us these gifts by the Holy Spirit. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are to be found in Christ. So I just encourage you to make the most of any time that you have to be still and to wait on God and see what he's got for you. And secondly, ask. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, ask for it, and God will give generously. Paul encourages the Corinthians to ask for the gifts that they don't already have. So the question this morning is, do we do this? Do we do this? Or did we do it once and then never quite get around to doing it again? Are we genuinely hungry for this and eager to have this sort of equipping? So, of course, I knew um, what I was talking about this morning quite a, a while ago. And so I thought, right, I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is. So I have developed a daily habit of asking the Holy Spirit to fill me up. And I have specifically asked for wisdom, knowledge, discernment. I have specifically asked for words for people that I encounter during the day. Um, when I've encountered a need that someone has, I have asked God to use me. Because, you know, this is something the whole church needs to get involved in. If we are going to radically impact the world around us, we all need to be doing this, I think. So I gave it a go. Spoiler alert, it works. <laughs> God, as so many of you know, God has spoken to me about things that I just don't know in the natural. And as I've passed them on, people have responded and they've been blessed. He's prompted me to talk to people, sort of highlighted them for me, and I've had a chat with them. I have no idea why that chat was important, but I've just trusted that it was. And this leads me on to my third key point, which is we, we need to do what Jesus tells us. Remember the story, the, very, the story of Jesus' very first miracle. He turned um, water into wine at a wedding reception. And um, what happened was he went to this wedding with his mother, and they ran out of wine. And his mother says to the servants at the wedding, do what my son tells you to do. Now, if you think about it, those servants must have thought this was really weird, because he said, fill the wine bottles with water. That must have just seemed very strange. And then it got really risky and, and high potential for embarrassment, because Jesus said, take a glass of that up to the master of ceremonies and have him taste it. They must have been dying inside, weren't they? But that turned out well. The master of ceremonies said, yeah, this is a great vintage. Stepping out to use a gift that God has given us can feel scary. So I want to reassure us as I close by reminding us of another story. Everyone knows that Jesus walked on water. 
he walked across um, the top of the water in a lake. You may be aware that one of his followers, Peter, jumped in after him and gave it a go. Peter was always the reckless one, the bold one. And he stepped out on the surface of the lake and he tried to follow Jesus. Do you know what happened to Peter? He began to sink. Poor Peter. We always remember Peter's epic failures, don't we? But Peter did begin to sink. Maybe it feels like that when we um, step out to use a gift. But do you remember how that story ends? Do you remember the ending of the story? Was it that um, Jesus and the disciples were just laughing so much? because Peter was so stupid and looked so silly, especially as he was going under for the third time. No, actually, that's not what happened. Is it that um, Jesus went across to Peter and lovingly pushed his head under the water and said, there you go, Peter, there's a real valuable life lesson for you? No, that's not what happened either. Um, Was it that the disciples who'd stayed in the boat would just have their heads in their hands? They were so embarrassed and they're going, oh, Peter, loser. What a loser. Like we're going to be friends with you after this. No, that's not what happened either. This is what happened. This is what happened. Peter walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. That's what happened. Maybe you've thought, All those horrible things are going to happen to you if you step out. But when we see the rest of the story, you know, Peter was a fisherman, but he didn't rely on his own ability to swim, which I'm sure he had. He cried out to the Lord, and immediately Jesus stretched out a hand and helped him him walk back to the boat. This is not about us. It's about the giver of the gifts, and that's where our focus should be. So we are making um, opportunities to explore the gifts more. Um, So next Sunday, uh, the 26th, we're going to have our prophetic team here as part of our service. And then we've set aside an evening on the 1st of December, that's Friday evening, to get involved more um, and experience more of, particularly of the prophetic. But... I do encourage you to be around on those occasions, but I have another important date for your diary. It's today. And as I look around, I see that you're all free. So that's great. You know, I have my father is always at work, and we can have an expectation that he wants to speak to us this morning. He's always speaking to us. We're not always listening, but he's always speaking. When Paul wrote to the church in Corinthians, he wrote about everybody in the church coming with something that would strengthen the others. So this this is the church. This is a really safe place to try this out.
so if you're able and you're comfortable to do this, I'm going to invite you to stand now as we lead into a time of ministry and opportunity to receive prayer and to pray for one another. So we're coming to receive God's good gifts and and sometimes, you know, as we do that, it just helps for our body to show that that's what we're doing. We have an expectation of receiving and holding your hands out can be helpful as we come to receive from God. Holy Spirit, come. Would you come in power? Lord, thank you that you bring good gifts and that they are for all of us. Thank you that none of us are disqualified. That all of us can receive from you this morning. it's important that we pray this for ourselves, but I will pray for all of us. Know that we receive the gifts that the Lord has for us this morning. But there's space now for you to ask specifically, do you need wisdom? Are you hungry for knowledge? Has God stirred up in you a desire to bless other people? with revelation from him. Do you need discernment this morning? Do you need to distinguish between the good and the bad voices in your life? Then come now and ask. Ask. Trust. Ask. And then do what Jesus tells you. I believe that there are some people here this morning who who aren't yet in a relationship with Christ. You are very, very welcome here with us. And I believe that you are here because you're searching. We would love to pray for you that the spirit of wisdom would enable you to know Christ better and understand more of what he's done for you. I believe that there are others here this morning who, when I spoke about um, leaning not on our own understanding, realized that you have been looking in the wrong places for answers. Well, God can speak into your life this morning. I'd encourage you in that. You can find what you're looking for here today. And there are others who have been deceived. I believe the devil has um, kept reminding you about past failures and things that have gone wrong. He's telling you that you've messed up your life, that you're rubbish. God's wisdom is that you have been made righteous in Christ. 
You might have been misled into thinking you will never be happy, but that is fake news. It's not true. We would love to pray for you to hear from God this morning. So I'm going to invite you to come forward if any of those words resonate or if you come to church with anything on your mind this morning because there are lots of people here who are just anxious to hear from the Lord and would love to pray for you and bring wisdom and knowledge. So maybe you would love to, you've just felt yourself stirred up to be part of that strengthening, that encouraging, that comforting. Would you quickly come forward and pray for people? And also, I just encourage you to um, ask, you know, maybe God has a word for you for somebody who isn't going to come forward. We're all facing forward at the moment, but it's okay to look around in church. That's fine. Feel comfortable about doing that. Maybe God has a word for somebody here and he's going to give it to you. So would you be open to just approaching somebody if God speaks to you in that way. Be gentle, be kind. It's always good to start by saying, I believe that God is saying this. I have a feeling that this. And also, if you receive a word from somebody, you know, be kind back. Maybe it makes no sense today what you're told, but weigh it up, store it, and see what God reveals for you. So as Ash and the band play, I just suggest that you remain in a place of receiving, trust, ask, and then would you do what Jesus prompts you to do? Let's be the church this morning.